0: And welcome to another edition of the High Strung Productions podcast, All Around the Fretboard. The All Around the Fretboard podcast is brought to you by Parkway Music, parkwaymusic.com. It's our local music store up here in upstate New York. You can find them at 177 Route 9 Clifton Park, New York, 12065. Check Parkway Music out on reverb.com. A lot of their gear is there. You can get a great deal. They're phenomenal. Tom and Matt are just the ba- the bomb. They're the best best music store owners I've ever come across. Absolutely hands down. Also, always excited to, and that's my other sponsor, Dreamcatcher Events. Dreamcatcher-events.com Every year they have tons of amazing musicians giving these great camps. Uh, a couple of them just coming up in 2021. We have... Andy McKee's Musicarium. We have Paul Gilbert's Great Guitar Escape. We have Robert Fripp. Both of Robert Fripp and Paul Gilbert are both in Long Island this year in 2021. We have Robert Crow- Rodney Crowell in Nashville. And like I have mentioned, John Petrucci is going to be at Hotel Irvine in Irvine, California. Check out the website dreamcatcher-events.com for all the dates. And make sure to go Make us the year of the guitar 2021, and tell him Tom sent you. I am honored and privileged to share this interview I had with Andy. I first met Andy Timmons at the 5th Vi Academy in the summer of 2019, and I was blown away by how kind he was, not just to me, but to every single camper. A brief background on, for those of you who do not know Andy Timmons. The, Andy Timmons was the guitarist for the pop metal band Danger Danger. He toured all over the world opening up for kiss and alice cooper he's sold over a million w- records worldwide but he's also on top of all that an amazing studio session player and as well as the musical director guitarist for olivia newton john for many years and also a rigorous atriani Vi g3 touring guest whenever they whenever g3 was swing by andy's home somewhere around dallas texas you can check out all of Andy's available discography at andytimmons.com and uh, for those guitar players out there, I highly recommend subscribing to guitarexperience.net If you subscribe to guitarexperience.net you will get the deep dive on on so many of Andy's songs uh, what amps he's using why they're called, what they're called why the songs are called, what they're called all that information and he's a tremendous teacher as well as just just watching him play is a lesson to itself. He's just so smooth. He's really got such an amazing guitar sound. You really gotta check it out. We lost a guitar idol in Eddie Van Halen. One of the amazing things, when you lose an idol like Eddie Van Halen, it's very comforting to know that the uh, it's not just you who's feeling sad. It's all guitar players, really. And Andy wrote a beautiful piece of music. I believe he called it EVH. He shared it on the stage at show and i gotta please beg again andy please release that track it gave me goosebumps hairs are standing right up as i'm talking about it because it was just unbelievably beautiful piece of music so andy release that track put that track out evh come on let's hear it it's amazing stage it is stage it Stageit.com where you can check out Andy's shows now andy would be doing these shows on stage it Uh, Sometimes uh, pretty much every week But he would have a theme to the show So he would be playing Beatles songs Or he would be playing Tom Petty So after Eddie Van Halen passed Andy did a Van Halen show on his Stage It show I was fortunate enough to attend the show The afternoon show And one of the nice features with Stage It is If you contribute to Stage It you can win an uh, hour-long lesson with Andy, and I won the hour-long lesson with Andy, and Andy was very kind and very generous with his, uh, we scheduled up an, an hour, and we had a great conversation. So here it is. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing you. I'm not uh, sure oh, Okay, you hold
1: know. on, hold on, hold on. Got to click all the appropriate boxes. Uh, there we are. There we are. Uh, what's up, Tom? Hey, man, thank you so much. This is amazing. Oh, dude, I'm happy to happy to be hanging, and let me get my window together. There you are. Cool. I, I had to change my signal. Pa- oh, I see what I'm doing wrong. Hold on.
0: in all seriousness you have to release that evH track holy crap.
1: oh wow yeah you know
0: I ha- I have to put that on the interwebs as... yeah you know
1: I, I I think uh I think likely just a video of, of me playing the tune I don't know whether well, I guess I could put it on iTunes or whatever oh my god but Dude. it really wasn't about that it's just that you know yeah, it I should be, I should do something to to get out there with all these stages I've done almost 60. We've, we've uh, a stage, those
0: things, stage. I feel bad that I haven't been going to all of them. I'm like, I hope you well,
1: don't I mean, that. it's it's a lot. I mean, but there's there's a steady crew that seem to come to all of them, and then we got people coming and going, which is great. But I mean, again, it's like I was joking about you know coming to you. Now the crowds come to me because I, I can't travel and tour. But why not stay home and, and keep playing? And and uh, it's yeah. nice to kind of put that pressure on myself to have to come up with a different show, not only once a week, but twice on a Saturday with yeah. kids. But that's that's the that's the fun thing about that platform is that, you know, because there's so many people coming to so many gigs, everybody knows everybody now. Mm-hmm. So there's all these kind of friendships that have formed through this. So we we've all vowed that you know, when the when it's safe to travel, when it's when I can get out and gig, you know, a lot of them are on the East Coast. So I'll probably book a gig at the Iridium and get everybody together, you know.
0: With all the Facebook groups I've been getting involved with, birthday mm-hmm. videos. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The
0: call out on Twitter, I still get you know, oh dude no it was it dude, was, was it was such a great that.
1: thing for you guys to do man i'd so greatly appreciate it we, we had a blast doing it we just hope that you hear it that's it oh yeah i mean you know there's no expectation it's a birthday thing and well no but it's it's it's, it's you know it's ever since the you know with with youtube and everything growing and when you see people doing versions of your songs it's always really i don't, I don't even know how to even express how i feel about it because it's just such a it's an odd thing, but it's so it's so um, I don't know. It's just heartening that something that you have done might you know mean enough to somebody to them to want to learn how to do it. So, oh yeah, is that because that I'm just the eternal fan? I'm, I'm the one always learning other people's tunes and trying to <laughs> you know try to improve my yeah. playing. But yeah, the, what you guys did was fantastic and and really really meant a lot.
0: I got two good questions for you. Now. Yeah, sure. One thing that blows me away about a lot of the stuff that you do you have this huge. Variety—it's very obvious. He has huge variety of music, you know, the bossa nova stuff.
1: Yeah, that yeah. was
0: uh, when I was growing up and learning how to play. My aunt brought me down to see Charlie Bird.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Annapolis, Maryland, because he was always how there. cool.
1: Yeah, that he was—he lived there. Was from there, yeah. right?
0: Like watching this guy who studied with Segovia, but he's doing jazz, you know what I mean? So it was like this, it was like... When I my- think
1: of Charlie Bird, I kind of picture, he looked a little like a, like a yeah. thinner version of Segovia. Yeah. All
0: right. What have you taken from that, like that genre mm. of music, and how has that impacted how you write or how you play?
1: So the, well, the bossa nova thing that I was, I got a lot of input about that when I was about 16, which was when I first started taking lessons. Uh, from Ron Pritchett in Evansville, where you know, by sixteen I was I was already playing for quite a while professionally. I started when I was about twelve or thirteen and got into a band with some older guys and then I haven't not been in a band since and just been gigging steadily. So by the age of sixteen, you know, I I, I kind of saw my path. I saw that this is gonna be my life, but I I just had this impression that, you know, making it in a in a rock band was such a long shot. But but I thought I thought about Luke and Carlton and Tommy Tedesco. I'd read the Guitar Player magazine. Yeah, me too. And then and so you read about these session guys, but ah, oh, they know how to read music. And I don't know how to read music, and they can play any style. I don't. Like, I'm just a rocker. So this local guy that I'd heard about um, was known to be just the best teacher. And uh, it turns out he was a, a a really really you know cool jazz player. He was in the kind of played in the style of Barney Kessel.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So. He started, you know, teaching me, learning how to read very simple, you know, guitar, uh, you know, sight reading stuff, or, or just learning how to the mechanics of reading notation. But he, he he could see that I could already play pretty well, so he started teaching me, you know, jazz these chords, to jazz standards, and you know where he'd write out the chord charts, and then the next week I'd have to play the changes for him while he played the melodies, etc. And it fascinated me because I had no idea. How do these guys know what what notes to play over these changes? It's I like sure
0: God, I still listen to some of these changes go flying by, and I'm like, "Is it? Is yeah. it the process of letting your ear tell you where to go?"
1: The great player, the great players, yes. Okay, so, but within within the his exposing me to the jazz world because he would lend me records by Barney Kessel, and there was one of those that was the, the, it was called the Great Guitars. It was Herb Ellis, Charlie Bird, and Barney Kessel would do these trio tours in the '70s and record for Concord music label. And that's where I first heard a tune called "O Barquinho. Mm-hmm. It was from Charlie Bird. And I, I later when I did my bossa nova record, it was the guy that wrote our o Barquinho," Roberto <laughs> Menescal. we recorded if for those that don't know, I did, I did record a DVD and, and, uh, and CD, yeah, phenomenal. And all, all the great bossa nova hits. Yeah. And that's one of the great bossa nova tunes of all time. So I, we'd played we'd, I'd, we, I, we had played played in Brazil a bunch doing clinics with a friend of mine. And we, I started doing a bossa nova. And he and my friend Sidney Cavallo, a great fusion player, played nylon string bossa nova guitar. So we started doing these tunes. Roberto Menescal saw, saw it on YouTube and said, Hey, come to my studio in Rio de Janeiro and come to my, I'll, I'll produce it and for free. Just come, just come. And that's how that record happened. We, we couldn't have tried to make that happen for, for me. And we recorded his song in the studio playing in front of him. And I'm just, I can't, how did I get here? This is crazy. I- but the thing about the thing about Latin and bossa music, it's a great entry point for rock players because it's got, you know, bossa nova was very influenced by American jazz, particularly Chet Baker style West Coast cool jazz of the of the fifties, early fifties. And but so it's got the it's got the jazz it's got the harmony, but it's it's more of a check. It's, it's a it's a straight, straight eighth feel because rock rock guys if they haven't listened to a lot of jazz. It's mean, it's, that's very hard for some players to get to feel naturally right um and it's it it's a thing right so it was it was i always kind of gravitated to playing the bosses because it was just easier for me you know and they were usually in a, in a in a cool minor key you know whatever uh you know this they've got nice nice minor change and so for for a rock player minors always easier to, to play melodies over the major. So th- there was that you know I I was listening to Bossa from an early age and and with the jazz and then you know I was st- I was still playing you know three nights a week in a rock band and then still taking the jazz lessons got into college in Evansville for a couple of years to study classical because that was the only thing offered anywhere yeah. in my vicinity that was still guitar. Guitar centric and, and make my mom happy, staying in school. So I knew nothing about classical music, but just went to the the library to start checking out Julian Bream and the Govia records, and just getting it in my ear. And you know, okay, so two years of that. But then I got into Miami because, of course, I, I you know really wanted to just play electric guitar. And then that that's you know that two years I was in Miami was eighty three to eighty five, and I would say probably the two biggest years of my musical growth. Just just because the, the level of playing there was like you know.
0: Yeah, it wasn't bad. like
1: Berkeley. There was there were so many people going. There was a pretty select group, and it was just kind of cream of the crop. How much actually write? Do you like writing this down? Do you... I just try to memorize it. Um, now in in Miami in school, we we as assignments we had to write this stuff out, and I think that's extremely valuable. But I'm extremely lazy about that. I, it's tedious. It's hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's up to me if if I'm learning something. I just then need to on a repetitive basis, keep re- re- revisiting it. Cause eventually, you know, uh, it's again, it's, a, it's nice to have the visual reference, but if you're not soaking it up in your yeah, ear, it's not going to do you any good anyway. We get Oh, excuse me, everybody. While I consult my notes, I know there's this lick I want to play right now. And yes, yeah, so it's, you know, it's uh, music is the, is the, is the primarily an oral experience. So yeah, I, I mean, highly recommend doing as much as you can by ear. And if, if you have the talent, like Mike Stern does it all the time. You know, he'll write that shit out. And it's 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 so great I think to do that and because it's another way to remember it. But I just make oh, yeah. I'll make folders of audio notes, you know, and, and revisit when I need to, or video myself playing it, which I wish I was more consistent about doing that.
0: Right. Because
1: I mean, like everybody, I'll learn an incredible amount of stuff and forget most of it. I mean. You know, I guess, even especially the older you get, things don't stick as they might have uh, in, at a younger age. But I still yeah. practice. I still learn new stuff a lot.
0: That's that's awesome advice,
1: too, because you want
0: to always just keep the door open. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, I was, I, here, here, here's something funny. So, Jane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm up to a band rehearsal. I have, like, one cover band that does all covers. Just kind of approaching it deliberately challenging myself to keep that memory working okay right
1: right like, all right go ahead and do jane i'm like <laughs> no it's gone <laughs> oh, it sometimes, gone. sometimes the, like, the hard drive is too full yeah <laughs> the yeah the hard drive is something self-delete I'm, and trust me i've noticed it happens with my own songs like how's this go you know so that that's uh, don't feel I'm bad
0: the, that's the root of the question i was asking because it even as writing instrumental music right a little bit like the Van Halen joke of you know he said well this one's called uh, three burritos and a root beer float right yeah. because, right and so that was just a two and a half men show up but but when you're naming himself, oh, yeah. I call them angry children
1: <laughs> That's a good it's a good way to way to put it My, mine they, are maybe they not so angry want but to they be
0: are. on the record
1: they yeah. want to be recorded and finished and if they're worth it they're going to keep bugging you until they Well get- that's yeah that's i mean that you, you have to recognize when there's the, the good bits come along and i think our, our instinct as artists and writers is you you usually do you know that the, and those are the ones that tend to get finished and but there's there's you know you can't help but have all these segments and these little bits of ideas i i'll never have time to go back and listen to the stacks of cassettes now there's voice memos you know and yeah, all that. the all the stuff. So it's 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 sad in a way because I think I know there's there's good stuff in there that I would like to finish, but it's got to be whatever's the freshest. You know? And that was that was an interesting. Recent, you know, going down the John Lennon path recently. You know, it was his 80th birthday, and mm-hmm. so you know, t- you know quotes and stuff tend to circulate on the internet. And there was a nice quote from George Harrison when George, I mean John Lennon, gave George Harrison some songwriting advice. Yeah, just finish it now. Don't don't put it off. Don't wait. And if you get that nugget of an idea, if if you feel it's got something to it, try to finish it. And that's that. That's a good way to work, I think. You know. That's awesome. That's um, But I'm I'm like you know I, I'm very influenced by emotion. Um, most of the most of the better songs I've written, it's not me sitting down and try to write a song. There's something happening personally or in the world or whatever. Like when Eddie passed away, it was a very sad couple of days. You couldn't help. Not feel that loss, you know. But I was thinking of, I was thinking of his family. I was thinking of his son and his brother and his his wife and Valerie, you know. And, and so that's where that song came from. I wasn't thinking about oh Eddie, you know, you know, try to do all right, this. I know, I know. That, that that came in about a week. I'm still, I'm still having so much fun going back and revisiting and just re marveling all over again at his oh, yeah. at his, oh, yeah. at his gift, you know. But no, those tunes, you know the. I write a lot of ballads and it's usually either a gift for somebody or in response to something or it's something in tribute, you know, and that's, I, uh, I, I enjoy that and it's just, all, I never write anything down. It's just, I'm gonna document this idea and then I play it incessantly for, you know, usually several days. And within that, I'm fine tuning and finding what I think works and what, if I'm, you know, what what do I wanna, you know, get out of the song? What am I trying to convey? What do I think it needs, you know? and I'll just kind of I just I work it out in real time, you know. I'm not I'm not one to sit down and program. I'm going to, you know, give it my give myself a groove and then move sections around. I I don't I can I work in logic a bit now and can can yeah. do that kind of stuff, but I just like sitting with a guitar and letting letting the song happens. And it usually it the song usually knows where it wants to go somehow. It's just whatever, you know, what I call it when I teach about this kind of stuff, I call it the Rlect. So it's kind of your yeah. your ears and Intellect, and that's all collected from all the things that you've loved and everything that you've taken in through your ears. That's moved you. You know, it's a library in there. It's why you know Paul and you know Lennon and McCartney were so great. They learned so many songs, so they kind of had this access to these devices, the you know, things that they know will feel or sound a certain way. And it's, it's not like they're stealing, though. Sometimes they did, and they were they were very upfront about it when they did do it but it's you just start to learn okay this is what moves me you know I, and you're so you're just if you're soloing or if you're songwriting it's the same thing you're just trying to play what you want to hear what what do you think would be a great song or what do you think would be a great solo and obviously in hopes of other people will dig it too but in first and foremost you I think it seems to be like you're just trying to reach the level of all that's come before you not necessarily replicating it but kind of trying to meet that bar or exceed that bar and how with whatever tools that you've collected. And that's what I call the Arlec that that instinct of that collection of musical memory and that, that musical instinct that's developed. I
0: don't I'm not a person that usually tap myself on the shoulder, but that was an awesome answer. So I'm really glad <laughs> I great
1: <laughs> Well, it's it's the pressure you put on yourself that, you know, helps you grow. You know, if you if you get complacent and satisfied, well, you know, I'm the baddest ass or whatever player or whatever. well but what's the fun in that you know you just you have to, you have to realize it no matter at what level you get to there's yeah. so it's that but it's that it's that pressure that nobody had to tell Michael Jordan to go shoot free throws or whatever I mean you know he was probably out there doing it hours and hours and hours on his own and he you know you're, you're your own biggest critic and biggest coach you know driving yourself. Um, just, but to hopefully do it in a healthy way to where it's not detrimental, (laughs) you know, because we can all be, we can all be real self-critical to the point of, you know, not doing any good. And that's, that's something I've been guilty of most of my life too. It's hard to maintain the inspiration you had when you were 14, you know, but it's, so it's, it's, you got to let yourself go down these paths. Maybe you put the guitar down for a while or, and I've done that a lot in my career where I'll go, you know, the last thing I want to do is hear a electric guitar. So I just want to hear a great song or get into classical, get into, get into jazz or blues or, you know, whatever it might be, classic rock. But, but I always come back to my voice on the instrument and it all feeds it. You know, right. you just have to be aware that, okay, this, this is okay. That I'm not doing exactly, maybe sometimes what I think I should be, but it's, you know, you have to, you have to focus on what you're what's inspiring you and giving you joy at the, at the moment, you know?
0: Right. So, Obviously, the next extension of that is is not only in how you're writing, but then how you're hearing things to craft your sound. Now, I'm, I looked at the pedal boards. I looked at the way you built the whole thing up, and you know, everybody's always, oh, the, the delays and the and the compressions and sure and uh, you know and, and the entire process. You know, guitar
1: sound is it in your hands? Well, or no, well, no, it, it, so you know, it's it starts with your ear. It does start. with it's it's really the same as I it's that the, the Aoralek thing that I was talking about where, you know, we have an idea of what we think a great guitar sound is, right? And so for some it might be Stevie Ray, it might be Hendrix, it might be Eric Johnson. I'm mentioning some of my favorites clearly, you know. <laughs> well, Jesus, you know, I mean, yeah, and, and Eddie and and Lukather and Stern and Matheny and Robin Ford and Larry Carlton and Wes and Barney and you know, it it is all that and. You know, if you give me you know one or two pedals and an amp, you're, I'll get to my sound pretty quickly, because there's a lot of it that I've just over time you 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 understand the connection with the string and what it's going to take to get close to the sound that you want to hear, regardless of what you got. Now let me also put a PS on that. So I not that I was like cocky about it, but you kind of tend to think, oh, I'll get my sound no matter what I've got. I'll but you know if if I can have my JHS AT pedal and a delay, I'm good. But I I got to a gig where they had some I don't know what the backline amp was. Uh-huh. There was nothing I could do. I don't know it was something clearly not functioning that great and a bad speaker cabinet. It's like oh man. It, 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 so at that point I realized maybe I can't get my sound out of anything. There's there's limitations. So it's nice to have it's nice to have some uh, some better gear. And I'm still I mean I know the IR thing is getting better and I have played through the Sir IR box and the Mesa's got the Cab Clone and those are really Cool, but nothing has beat those amps in the cabinets in the other room. I'm sorry, it's it's for it's me. It's not, I think for me it's not even close. It's <laughs> some of the response now that being said I not like I'm playing through every new unit that comes out so I'm sure eventually I know the technology is improving but what I do understand about it is that it makes it so convenient to have access to such variety of different sounds that it's, it's not that I'm saying oh gosh no it's got to be it's got to be this you know antiquated technology to have a good sound I, I'm not saying that at all because clearly there's, there's plenty of evidence and you see it all day on the internet that people are playing well and getting a decent sound right but regardless of the piece of gear it you know it's it's partially your idea of what you're wanting to produce but then it's the time on the instrument you know we spend way too much time talking and discussing about the gear when we need to be playing because we can get that piece of gear but if you can't what, somebody thing, told me Tom, Tom Bukovac, who I haven't seen his show up. I know he's got a YouTube channel, but somebody told me, "says son, the problem is you got thousand dollar game with five dollar hands." <laughs> and I thought that was the best analogy. Again, you that's can awesome. you can get a sixty eight plexi in a in a in a, a fifty seven strap, but if you ain't practicing your ass off, it ain't gonna sound like shit. You know. Right. Right. So that's so awesome. That's so that's true. <laughs> Well, yeah, giving giving the credit credit to Tom for that for that quote. I'm not sure if it's his original, but it sure makes a lot of sense. You know, so that nothing replaces the time on the instrument. You just and if you love it enough, that's not the problem. You know, blessings, right. so my friend. Blessings, my friend. Thanks.
0: Another Dreamcatcher camp, hope hopefully very. Oh, it's soon. gonna happen.
1: It's yeah. gonna happen. So thanks again, man. I, Tom, hey, no problem. I'm honored. I'm good. honored. I'm happy happy to be hanging with you, and you hope to see you sooner than later.
0: Awesome i got to cool. go
1: do the shaking bag now, all right? Oh, yeah, man, me
0: too, me too. <laughs> all right, have a good one.
1: Thanks, brother. You too, man. Bye. Bye.
0: So thanks, everybody, who could uh, enjoy that wonderful interview with Andy Timmons. Thanks again, Andy. He's absolutely an amazing player. Please check out andytimmons.com and sign up for the guitarexperience.net. One last uh, brief announcement. I wanted to thank my new sponsors also, CoverBandTV.com. Uh, the Tom Atkins Band is going to be playing on CoverBandTV.com uh December 5th, Saturday, December 5th, around 7 o'clock. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, CoverBandTV is an amazing, amazing product of a local Grammy winner, Kevin Brando, uh, from geez, uh, the, the, num- the number of bands that he's in up here. Uh, but he's a 518 star. He's amazing for us. And uh, he's done a lot for the upstate new york music scene so uh hopefully uh he's gonna be one of our next guests up here so i uh, once i can get once we uh once we schedule him up but uh yeah so once again coverbandtv.com so make sure to check out all the bands from albany and upstate new york that are going to be playing at coverbandtv.com uh also we're going to be focusing on some of my other friends in this local area my uh upstate new york uh rich romano kevin Brandau and a whole bunch of other really super musicians I'm gonna try to pin down an interview and finish out the year some more great podcasts. Thanks again, everybody, for your support. One more thing. Don't forget to please check out my Foundations of Rock Guitar book, which you can purchase on Apple Books, or you can purchase it right from my website, tomackenspan.com slash store. So my book, Foundations of Rock Guitar, which covers almost everything that Andy was talking about. <laughs> you're right. But basically, the, the, the principles are there. And it's all about getting a really good practice routine and helping you organize um, to get to be a better guitar player, to take those steps that you're going to be needing and that Andy was talking about. Don't have any of those $5 hands if you get the foundation of Rock Guitar Book. And I'll be talking to you all soon. Have a great one.